I want to go to John chapter 16, verse 13, the words of Jesus, and I want to show you something that he was letting the church know about the benefit of and help from the Holy Spirit. Everybody say help. John Lennon wrote an amazing song, Help. Tried to write it at the speed and pace of a Bob Dylan song, but uh, George Martin felt like that didn't sound Beatles, and they were in this rhythm and this tempo, and so they sped it up. So it, it sounds like a jolly song, but actually it's a song of desperation, you know, and he's, he's saying, I need someone. I, when I, you know, he was, he was talking about how he was, when he was younger, he never needed help from anybody, but then those days are gone, and he needed reassurance. He needed help. You ever need help? Uh, man, uh, when I was lost at sea, I was totally in need of outside deliverance. It's humbling. And while I was out there, I thought, I wish I could be the rescuer instead of the rescuee. That's human. But let me tell you, God is a rescuer. And I love that theme, and I, I, I beat that drum. He's a savior who saves. He's a healer who heals. My redeemer lives. And not only did he come as a rescuer to redeem humanity from sins, he also said, oh, by the way, uh, it's good that I'm going because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He says, um, and he's going to help you. Listen, to it says here in John, in John 16, we'll look at verse 5, but now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And, you know, they were dejected because they were so attached to Jesus. They saw such demonstration of God's love and of the effectiveness and people being healed, leprosy leaving people and heart conditions and paralysis and people were rising up. People were being delivered from demons and, and mental issues and all kinds of problems. Lives were being sorted out over and over again. But he says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away... The helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Everybody say, help is on the way. And he, and he, when he comes, will convict the world of three things, concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. This is his work. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler or the God of this world has been judged. Satan has been cast down. Jesus defeated the enemy. And we have victory. And when we get in him, we get forgiven of our sins. And when we get in him, we're on the sunny side of this whole subject of judgment because Jesus, in fact, took my judgment, your judgment, our death sentence on the cross, guilty, though he wasn't sinful, he became a sin substitute so that we might be have a transfer where he would give us his righteousness and he would take away our sin. Who's grateful for that? Who's grateful for that? Better than the old cowboy movie where uh, Clem got bit in the leg by a rattlesnake and Merle came over and did a little X cut on it and sucked the blood and spit it out over there in the black and white movie by the sagebrush and the tumbleweed and the cactus, right? And the Gila monster running across the, the horizon. And, you know, and Clem and Merle, they, they I, I, I owe you, I owe you, thank you, you know. And, uh, 
Gone is the day where these movies, you know, the, the last, I saw one guy get shot at high noon and he was laying there and he said, what do you need, you know? He didn't ask for prayer, he asked for a shot of whiskey. Then he died. I thought, that's a bad decision. That's not a good, that's not a good, that's not a good choice. That, 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 that shot of whiskey will burn your throat and numb your lips, but it won't get you out, out of darkness. So you, we need Jesus. Everybody say, I need help. And he said, a helper will come. He says, the spirit of truth, when he comes, it says in verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will lead us. He will guide us. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and will disclose it to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That right there, let that just marinate in your, down into your insides. Let that transfer into your thought processes. God tells us through Jesus that it's good that he goes because he's going to send a helper. I remember a preacher who's preaching, and, and he sensed the presence of God, the anointing come on him, and he said this, my help has come. My help has come. I remember reading about the Baptist pastor, London, England, 1880s and 90s, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He had a setup in this beautiful big Baptist church in, in London, one of the largest churches of its time, 5,000 seats. Uh, and up on his platform on the altar, he would stomp his foot. And underneath, a lot of people didn't know it, there was a boiler room. That's how they heat and still heat in England uh, with boilers. And uh, the boiler room... There were also some intercessors and prayer warriors praying. And he stomped his foot, and there was a guest visiting, and they happened to be under there, and they heard the, they heard the thunder of the, of the stomp. It was a signal from the pastor. And, and the leader of the prayer group down in the boiler room said, Spurgeon needs help. Let's pray. And he, they prayed, and, he, and his help came. Today, you know, we praised, and, and our help came. He's a very present help in time of need, isn't he? I mean, this couple went through COVID, and they're on the other side of it. Beth came through COVID. I'm grateful for those deliverances. It's important to us right now, some of these harsh diseases. Thank God that he bore our sicknesses and he carried our diseases, and by his stripes we are healed, right? <clears throat> Thank God for his mercy. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And God is doing a great work, so we who are being led by the Spirit, who are being called to walk in the Spirit, who are being admonished to understand the advantageous position we have because of the Holy Spirit, think differently, we decide differently, we operate differently. We're called to consider these things and then uh, eliminate anything that would hinder it and maximize everything that would facilitate it. So we, for example, are called to forgive and we're called not to murmur we're called to stay in faith, so we build our faith up, right? And just what Jesus is articulating to the early church is the same information we need today. There's a helper. I want to tell you, you're not left alone. You have God's word. You have the fact that God as a father in the Old Testament exhibited uh, so much help. The psalmist in Psalm 46.1, I love Psalm 46.1. 
It's one of my signature go-to points made in the Old Testament. God is our refuge and strength, and I love this so much. Say it with me. A very present help in trouble. Who can say, yeah, the Lord's been with me during some troubled times? Who who can say, yeah, even in my self-inflicted misery? Get your hands up. Come on, help me out. Come on. Some of you are going like this. You know, It's like, come on, you know it. And we're grateful that he's that way. I'm, I'm grateful God's not stepping back going, you deserve it. Just get burned up. That's not our God. Our God was in Christ rolling up his sleeves and saying, I love you. I forgive you. I'm a shield to you. Listen to me. I, I, I care about you. If you confess your sin, 1 John 1, 9, I'm faithful and righteous and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Man, you ought to be glad for this. I took a nice hot shower today. And it feels good to be cleansed. I, I've, I've spread concrete. I've done yard work. I've gone out and, you know, and mucked out houses through these Service International trips. And I'm telling you, when you go take a shower, it means something. Not only to you, but to the people around you. Right? And when you're cleansed of all unrighteousness and you become a new creation, it's not self-righteousness. It's not like, look how spiritually polished I am. No, it's I found somebody who does some things that are unlike anything you could get anywhere else. It's not just human philosophy, which has interesting things. It's not just history, which tells us interesting events. It's not just uh, self-help that puts us in touch with some improvements. He comes in and makes us a brand new creation. The old things pass away and all things become new. And I want to tell you, we need to be God inside minded and we need to be spirit conscious rather than just soulish and intellectual and fleshly. You know, I work out in a gym and I've even multiplied it now. I work out with my son and there's a benefit. The Bible says that bodily exercise profits little and I'm noticing benefits Um, that when I'm carrying groceries or even my bag with my books, I carry so many books, it's it's a little bit easier to carry it, you know. Uh, I took a spill in the ice last year, and I thankfully, because of strengthening uh, and flexibility, I didn't get as hurt as badly as I could have, right? Say with sickness and disease, the nutritionists say that if we eat right, it's going to stimulate and strengthen our immune systems, right? Right? So I've been working on that so that I'm not depleting myself in that area. So in case I uh, uh, am approached by some kind of microbes in the floating things all around the world, my, my human system, my framework is able to deal with that. Uh, <clears throat> I meditate on the word day and night uh, so that I can be careful to do all that's written in it because then I'm going to make my way prosperous. I'm going to have good success. And God will speak to us. The Holy Spirit will help us. In fact, he says, I will guide you. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. That's, that means he never leads us into error. If we'll listen to him, he'll always and only deliver us from deception. Is this too good to be true? It's, it is too good, but it is true. It is true. And he'll guide us into all that which is true. For he will not speak on his own initiative. That's, this is where you know God the Father, his son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are in this fantastic, hard-to-imagine, 
hard to describe uh, level of unity. And he's even, he's even, Jesus even prayed the church would be like that. It'd be a miracle. Only God can do something like that amongst humanity because we're all so unique and all we like sheep have gone astray. We all have our opinions, but I believe God can do some amazing things by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he will, whatever he speaks, he hears, he will speak and disclose to you what is to come. Disclose, And I believe he'll give us a prophetic heads up about end time events that the Bible talks about. But I also believe to us as individuals, he'll give us spiritual, this is what I see here, he'll help us out so we can know next steps of our obedience and what to avoid and what to refrain from and what to say yes to. And doesn't that appeal to you that we have such help that's such an advantage that we have this friend in Jesus and we have this, this viable, wonderful person, the Holy Spirit of God. He comes in and he says, I will guide you. I will take from Jesus and reveal it to you. I'll bring all things to your remembrance. That's, does that appeal to you? Young people, that singles, they hear this, this couple, they've been growing up in church. Uh, they've been in church since they were kids. Now, they, I, they're blessed. I, I wish I knew my wife earlier than I, when I met her. We, she was in, we were both in college. She was just out of college. And, uh, and uh, I had a different program in college. It took me a little longer. But um, I, they got to know each other. How long have you guys known each other? You still back there, or did they go elope? <laughs> they're discussing it, yeah? Since you were kids. For the purposes of this message. <laughs> but I've been watching them. I know their parents. I know people who care about them. I'm excited for them. My own daughter, born, you know, and all the siblings got married. And she just, you know, was waiting for the right time, the right person. And now, so God's done that with her. I think about this, our church, the, Jesus has been so good to us. He's been so good to us. He opened, he opened up opportunities for us where to meet, and we just plodded along. God would speak to me as a leader, and, you know, don't try to create a bunch of surges of growth. Just living things grow. Just let me have my way with it. There are going to be seasons, ebbs and flows in the process of things, so just, just comfort yourself with that and be peaceful. And uh, he has been so comforting and he has been so peace producing and he's walked us through a global pandemic and he's walked us through amazing uh, full speed ahead evangelism moments and he's led us into times and seasons where we just labored in the field and uh, you know rebuilding during after, after natural disasters and crises in a personal level every day we're just it's called we're called to do life together and i love the church because Jesus is the head of it, the Bible's the foundation of it, and the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Everybody say, be led. Yes. Romans 8.14 says it this way. It says in Romans 8.14 about the new birth and about new life in him and about walking with him that all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So you could say when one of the characteristics that is to define us in the new birth, because that which is born of the flesh is flesh, 
That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I was talking with someone, and they were talking about how they want to more more things to be in more religious and they and but I know what they're really craving they're craving uh taking away of the stony heart and getting a new heart they're craving the new birth they may not know it they're craving something God has said eternity in our hearts Ecclesiastes 3 uh the French physicist Blaise Pascal said there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man that can't be filled by any created thing It can only be filled by Jesus. It can't be filled by popularity. It can't be filled by success. It can't be filled by money. It can't be filled by pleasure. It can't be filled by achievement. It can't be filled by uh, religion. It can't be filled by philosophy. It's a God-shaped, Jesus-shaped place that when he comes in, he, he causes a new birth. And I've been enjoying watching... Uh, grandkids uh, pop out, and here they are, and I'm, I have five now, and it's, it's a wonder to me, that birth. And my kids that have these babies, they come back from that birth process, and they, you know, we hear about it, and, and, and they say, yeah, oh, it was great. And, 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 and that was just born of the flesh's flesh. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. I cried at every birth of every one of my kids. When Taylor was born, we cried so hard, and I looked over at the nurses, and they had their masks and their little hats on, and their masks were soaked. We all started crying. We were praising God. I was praying in the Spirit. I didn't care what anybody thought. I was so happy. And, um, but heaven rejoices when a soul gets saved. Heaven is like the big uh, pediatric center of the universe, and these angels look, and they're like, they rejoice when a soul gets saved. All of heaven rejoices. That you rejoice when a baby's born. You rejoice when a soul gets saved. I, you know, I've had a, the privilege of seeing people come to the Lord in that exact moment. And it is, a, it's, 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 it's so great when the burden of sin lifts and that enlightenment comes. And the Holy Spirit is doing all the work. No one comes to him unless he draws them. God is drawing people. He's convicting people. He's convincing. He's the big persuader. He convinces the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He, as much as he convicts people of sin and right, sin and judgment, he's right sandwiched in the middle of that is, by the way, sinners who are going to hell, righteousness is available. Aren't you glad? That's a righteousness sandwich there. The, the, the bread is pretty harsh, sin and judgment. But Jesus became sin, and he took the judgment, and so there's available to us salvation. This ought to empower you at the store down the street. This ought to empower you when you have your interaction at your your office party for Christmas. Uh, In case an opportunity arises, just just shift, trust, power shift, and pivot, and trust the Holy Spirit to help you. And the more a matter of fact we are about the gospel, the more a matter of fact we are about the help of the Holy Spirit, you know you're not alone when you're there talking to people. Because the Holy Spirit will be there as your helper. That's what I just read. And when we can actually be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't you love that? All who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let me just show you what it says in Proverbs 20, verse 27. This is a signature verse, and I'll go to a psalm after this and show you a duplicate of it. But this says something interesting. It shows us that God's not prompting us by our physical body and five physical senses, and he's not strictly speaking to our intellect. 
He's basically saying the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of, your, of his being. So when we're born of the spirit, our, hum, our human spirit is recreated. And so there's this new birth. And there's a lot of scripture to support this. There's an outward man and there's an inward man. The Bible says, though the outer man is perishing, the inner man is being renewed day by day. So I'm, I've got a book I bought about the aging process, and I'm reading with fascination about how uh, doctors and uh, nutritionists and scientists and medical care people uh, and age, aging professionals have done a lot of research. And, it, um, and it's showing um, like little, little area, I think it's called a, the blue band or something, all around the world in certain places in Italy, Japan, places like that, people are living over 100, and they're trying to figure out why. Oh, they're chugging olive oil and all that stuff. So it's like, and they walk, you know, while they're chugging olive oil. So I thought, you know, if you see me on the street chugging a bottle of olive oil, walking extra fast, you'll know where I got that information. But anyway, I'm interested in fending off uh, decrepit uh, inclinations. You know, so I want to do what I can do in the natural to... uh, Take care of my, temp, my, my temple. My body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and in my own mind, I remember my grandmother. She would have a dictionary on the nightstand next to her bed. She lived with us. My grandpa died of lung cancer in the 60s from smoking. So he was gone. So she lived with us for, through my teenage years. And it was beautiful. She's a wonderful lady. And stabilizing um, my mom in her deathbed. So I think you bonded with your grandma. I said, well, that's what it is. You know, that's, I did. She was a surrogate mother to me. But reading that dictionary was like doing push-ups with your brain. And she was sharp. Her sister lived to be 97, and her other sister lived to be 100. My grandma lived into her 80s. And um, I just think there's something to... Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, I don't want to be confusing. We are spirits, we have souls, and we live in bodies. But we're human beings. And we are three-part beings. We have an outer being and we have an inner. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 3, it urges us, it urges women and all of us actually, don't just let your adorning be that which is outward only, but let it be the hidden person of the heart. Hidden yet real. There's an internal life, and and we're to develop the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. So there's a thing, another whole thing. But the the, the nature of of a a believer, you're a new creation in Christ. You're, You're different than you used to be. The day you got saved and I got saved, there was a new birth. We were spiritually dead, and now we're alive. I was dead. And now I'm alive. I was lost, and now I'm found. Right? Amazing Grace is such a theme song. He saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, and now I see. Is, is, is biblical. It's good, solid theology. John Newton wrote a good song there. A slaver who was evil, who I guess was prejudiced, who was brutal, making his living off of taking people out of, against their will and human trafficking. He gets saved, and he's like, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm new now. I'm a, I'm a different person now. And that's why I think that's one of the great hymns for the last several hundred years.
because it's a theme to us, isn't it? We're new. I say this with me. I'm a new creation. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. I'm not body ruled. See, we don't deny our senses. You know, my body tells me it's cold. Put on some gloves and a scarf. My, 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 my brain tells me, put your seatbelt on because there are distracted drivers, including sometimes you. Right? And, uh, and, and, and I need my mind renewed. I, I go to the Bible, not just because I'm a pastor. I've been going to the Bible as a Christian because my, my mind needs to be renewed. And I want to receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save my soul, renew my mind, and get me on the right track in my thinking. Because the flesh wants to do its thing. And our spirit wants to do God's thing. And it says in Galatians 6 that there's an incompatibility. The flesh and the spirit are at odds with one another. And that's where Romans 6, 7, and 8 comes in. I don't believe we still have two natures in us. I believe we're partakers of the divine nature, but I do believe we have flesh bodies. And I, we, I believe our minds need to be renewed. And I don't think it's just semantics, because if you say you have two natures fighting against each other, then there's some, it, it doesn't completely acknowledge the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. But if you deny that you have, a, have flesh, then you're also, that, that's also spiritual ignorance. So you have to understand, I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. What do I do with my body? I present it to God, I take it to the gym. When your friend sends you five pints of ice cream, try not to eat them all in one sitting. Try to spread it out over two or three sittings, right? And then, uh, and then go out and walk for 27 to 38 miles to burn some of it off, right? Let's all stand up on our feet. Say this with me, I am a spirit, I have a soul. And I live in a body. Psalm 18, verse 28. We'll finish with this verse because the spirit of a man is, or the person is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. Psalm 18, 28 says this. Psalm 18, 28 says, For you light my lamp. Say that. You light my lamp. That's a nice thing to say. The Lord, my God, illumines my darkness. You ever need a flashlight? Where's my flashlight? You know, it's good to have a flashlight. We guys could never have too many flashlights or too many pocket knives, right? And for me, too many fishing poles. But listen, you light my lamp. One year, Pastor Patsy, she had a ladies' breakfast yesterday. It was amazing. It was powerful and anointed. She did one at the Ritz-Carlton in Clayton, and out pops Debbie Boone, and she sings, You Light Up My Life. You know, none of the young people even knew who she was or where the song came from, but if you were born in the 1870s, you knew where that song came from. I knew that song. You light up my life. Say that. You light up my life. Oh, well, that was a romance song, Pastor Jeff, about some boyfriend or something. Okay. Uh, Peter Gabriel from Genesis said, love songs can also just as easily be sung to God. You light up my life. Say that. You light up my life. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. You light up my life. You illumine my darkness. Even darkness becomes light in the Lord. Who's glad for this? I'm asking you, who's glad for this? Thank God we have the Holy Spirit. Listen to him. Follow his promptings. 
Learn to be God inside minded and spirit conscious. Even when I'm driving to the gym, I'm endeavoring to be led by the spirit. I pray in the spirit constantly. On the way to church, I was trying to navigate what, what steps I should take. And thankfully, thankfully, he's always there to help us. Woo! Everybody say, woo! Hey, listen, knuckle bump somebody on your way out. Have a great day. God bless you. Jesus is Lord. Go out with joy. Be led forth with peace. May his face shine on you and illuminate your darkness. God bless you. Happy day. Happy day. Hallelujah.